0: All right, um, picture this. Mm-hmm. Someone you know who can give the most serious, dirtiest look in the world. And how you. does that... Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And how does that look make you feel?
1: Um, hmm. Every time it makes me scared and intimidated and gut-wrenched, you name it and I'm that. <laughs> Definitely. Wow, okay. I, it's working. Well, I guess I'm doing things right. Okay, great. <laughs> You're very good at it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, imagine taking that person's glare and putting it in different cultures who believe you can actually curse someone with that intense of a stare. This is called the evil eye. It's simple in execution, but it's dangerous if you really believe the consequences mm. of it. Yeah, as someone who's been on the receiving end of
1: many people's evil stares, I <clears> can <throat> confirm they work and they're real. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Rituals: a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Christine Schiefer, and I'm
1: M Schultz, and every week we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture.
0: Today we are getting into the evil eye. This is one I've been very eager to cover because it's something I, I know peripherally a little bit about, but not not an extensive amount, so I can't wait to delve into it.
1: Peripherally, like your eyes, like vision? What? peripherals. I oh, tried to peripheral. make a pun. It didn't work. Let's crack into it.
2: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe, dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even the speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. This is what you love about the NBA playoffs, presented by Google Pixel, continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Take something iconic like the all-electric 2024 Fiat 500e. Add something electrica. Bring the swagger. And an Italian icon is remixed and ready to drop with its available premium JBL audio system. Tap the banner to learn more. Fiat is a registered trademark of FCA Group Marketing SPA, used under license by FCA US LLC.
0: talked a lot about believing in curses on this podcast Mm -hmm. and i know we've kind of discussed it but i'm curious do you believe in protection spells or even amulets that could protect you against curses or bad luck
1: uh i don't know i've never had the experience i guess my own version of a good luck charm which i don't know if they start out lucky or if something causes them to be lucky but i think it's just more based in the energy you give something which i feel like is my answer every time you ask me yeah
0: same <laughs> if i though. believe
1: in something i feel like it's just if you're giving the energy to the it intention the intention then it becomes lucky but i don't know if any object starts that way or can be created that way it might just be a, a mental game
0: yeah interesting cuz i do feel like you know there are certain crystals and things that are meant to ward off certain energies and and that kind of thing. And I do believe that. But I also feel like it's how you use it and how you, you know, the intention you place behind it. So I think yeah. it's kind of a mix of both. I kind of agree with you on that one. It's such a
1: weird back and forth I have with myself because I feel like I am totally a believer in like the power of crystals and things like that. But I've never firsthand felt like it, any of them have done anything for me. Maybe part of the mystere is it's doing work around me and I am i don't even know it. But sure. I, I feel like I've never had any like real clear-cut sign
0: of mm-hmm. something working. So I, I really don't know. Yeah, it's a great, I don't know, thought. I'm like looking at my crystals now and thinking, wow, I really sh- should be more intentional probably with how I use them. Maybe that'll help. But do you wear any sort of amulet? I don't. Well, so... I was trying to figure out how to answer this question because I feel
1: like my idea of an amulet or a good luck charm is like a very critical thinking for ver- like, I'm, I think I'm confusing the idea of an amulet or a good luck charm with something that I, it becomes a good luck charm because I have almost forced it to be one. So like, my, no, I don't wear anything, but I was trying to think of days when I'm super stressed out or when we're On tour, and I have a lot of anxiety issues, so I'll bring like fidget toys and things with me. And I feel like they accidentally become an amulet or a good luck charm. But I feel like that's also kind of based in psychology, where I'm putting it into a routine to make me feel grounded and I feel safe. But I
0: feel like that's a big part of it, you know. If you have an amulet, that's kind of the like I know a lot of people wear a Saint Christopher to protect Mm -hmm. them. Um, Yeah, I don't really wear an amulet. I feel like I have a ring that I own that is the birthstone of my baby. And there's like a whole story behind it. But I wear that and I feel I don't know if that necessarily counts, but it feels like a symbol to me when I wear it. If that makes sense, it feels like it's like a connection, like a reminder. So I'm not sure if it really does anything actually physically, but mentally it works. So
1: yeah, I think just like the energy you give to something, I think the feeling something gives you is it almost it Returning the favor. So if it makes you
0: feel safe and grounded and happy and loved, then it's probably working. Yeah. That's a really great point. So how much do you think you can affect someone? I mean, in a literal way with just a look or a stare?
1: (laughs) Uh, Depending on that person's anxiety level. A whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking from experience. (laughs) Speaking from experience. And also that kind of going into the, the same talk we were just having, I think it fits really nicely that I feel like my thought of giving someone the evil eye, as as it were, I feel like it's also energy. Mm-hmm. I think the power behind an evil eye is very much real, but I think it's because, let's pretend it's me who has severe social anxiety and paranoia at all moments. If someone gives me a dirty look, Yeah, they certainly curse me for the rest of the day because I'm going to have a bad day. (laughs) Withered my soul. Here comes a fidget spinner. All of a sudden I'm stressed out. I don't feel good about myself. I'm like questioning that. I'm thinking about that moment my whole day. So I think in a a roundabout way. Yeah, they are cursing me to have worse luck because I'm probably just in a worse headspace.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I do feel like there's probably some sort of element of truth in it. I don't know that I believe, oh, someone can look at you and like, curse you for, you know. But then again, I do believe in reiki and positive energy and instilling that in someone else. So maybe I'm just being hypocritical here. I'm not really sure, but it's it's an interesting concept. I can't tell if I'm being wishy-washy or open-minded.
1: Whatever the good-intentioned one is, that's what that's how that's, I feel about all yeah, this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So how much do you actually know about the concept of the evil eye? So both the look to curse someone and then there's also the opposite side, which is the amulet or charm that you wear to protect from that curse.
1: The phrase, the evil eye, I, I know better because it. I think it takes less to learn. I think you just experience it and you're like, oh, OK, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. But as for like the actual amulet or charm itself, I don't know I, I always knew it was called the evil eye. I know it was. It's that like little blue eyeball mm-hmm. looking thing, and I know they sell it at a lot of stores and a lot of formats. And I never knew if that was like. I never bought one because I was I didn't know enough about them, and I was always
0: afraid it was like kind of appropriating something. Yeah, we actually will get into the kind of capitalism vulture okay. experience of how they swooped in, unsurprisingly, yeah. and took that and ran with it to make some money. The only thing that I didn't know.
1: Well, I knew that it was supposed to like protect you, but I was always confused by the concept of an evil
0: eye protecting you. It feels like you wouldn't yeah, want an evil eye. Next I to you. had that same thought because it's called the evil eye, but like the idea is that it's protecting you from the evil eye. So it's it. Yeah, that used to throw me off, too. But we're going to get into all of it and hopefully explain that and answer any questions you have. What we're talking about is the ancient symbol of protection called the evil eye. Mm. This, like Em said, is usually a blue and white glass eye. Sometimes it can be green. It's usually a necklace or a bracelet or some sort of pendant that you wear. But the concept of the evil eye goes back to at least the 6th century BC, and it was referred to in Greek as mati. Okay. In ancient Greece, classical authors Plato, Hesiod, Plutarch all tried to explain how the evil eye worked. Plutarch actually gave it a scientific explanation, basically saying that it was a human look or stare that someone gave you, and their eyes gave off a malevolent glare and cursed the person on the other side of that look. Okay. So it was a very intentional process, (laughs) like, sure, with a direct outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have the ability to stare a curse into someone, the idea is, well, can you protect yourself from it or can you deflect it if you're on the receiving end of that curse? Mm, Okay. And the answer was yes. And this is where the evil eye amulet entered the picture and the evil eye amulet was meant to protect you from evil spirits or a curse that was, you know, maybe put upon you. Okay. So as I mentioned, it's usually green or blue in color, which represents protection. And it comes in many forms, including pendants, bracelets, earrings, rings, et cetera, even, like, house decor. Oh, yeah, I on, see them, like, I see them, like, hung on walls all the time. Yeah, like, yep, bear- with, like, a little tapestry, you know, type yep. thing. Mm-hmm. They've also been made into a glass bead and hung over the front door of a home to keep the whole household protected, which I think oh. is a cool concept. Yeah, I like that. It almost has some symbolic undertones as far as biblically speaking, you hear for, like eye for an eye. Yeah. If you've heard that phrase, and it comes from the oh. book of Exodus, which talks about an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, a burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, a bruise for a bruise. And basically yeah. the meaning behind it is that the punishment should match the crime. Right. So it's if
1: the evil eye that you bring into your home is to cancel out an evil eye that might be coming your way
0: exactly so if someone okay. is giving you the evil eye you can block the curse with an evil eye and i don't think it necessarily was linked to the book of exodus or anything but it is an interesting parallel just yeah symbolically
1: there was a scary movie i watched growing up about the tooth fairy and <laughs> oh yeah they used this phrase because it was a tooth for a tooth no 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 <laughs> no no
0: no no, no. <sighs> very silly you should not watch that That's horrible. Am I? Too late. It happened. (laughs) (laughs) But it is kind of funny that someone in history was like, oh, you're giving me kind of a side eye, like an evil look. Guess what? I've got a necklace. So nice try. You know?
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. You'd you'd think if, by the way, if a sinister look can be deflected, (laughs) I would hope other looks can also be deflected. I would like to think like you could have a whole set of jewelry that just deflects different things, (laughs) you know,
0: leave me alone.
1: (laughs) Like you could have like a necklace for the evil eye. You could have earrings for the look of like disappointment. You could have bracelets for like eye rolls when your jokes don't land like earlier. That'd be a nice like it'd be like armor, you know, and it could just like deflect all these like negative emotions coming your way. Just
0: deflect any negative energy, you know, unwanted passes from from suitors. From suitors. (laughs) Throw it back. Oh, yeah. All my suitors, all my many suitors.
1: (laughs) I guess also that is where crystals come in, right? Like maybe they actually do do that. And I'm just like,
0: whoa, I feel almost like with crystals and I could be wrong. I'm far from an expert in this, but I feel like crystals are also meant more to work on yourself Mm. rather than like affect other people. Do you know what I mean? I feel well, I guess I guess maybe they're similar. I guess some crystals can be used to like ward off other people's energy. I I guess that makes sense. I wonder
1: if you can stack beliefs and you can like have crystals from here, your evil eye from here, like and do they make like one big powerful force like like to protect you?
0: Oh, I'm sure you can. I mean, I'm sure there's some crystals that would work well alongside an evil eye symbol. What if you made an evil eye out of a protective crystal?
1: Oh, that feels silly. But in like a feels cool. In a fun way. As long as we're like all in good good faith that we're not being rude at all. I think that'd be cool if you could do that. I just don't know if that's like right or wrong to do.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure either. We should probably do a little more research before we open our new Etsy shop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So an art history professor in Istanbul told the BBC once that, quote, the earliest version of eye amulets goes back to, get this, 3300 BC. Ooh, that's, that's wild. A and that the amulets have been excavated in one of the oldest cities of Mesopotamia, which is modern day Syria, mm. which means legitimately amulets with eyes. The eye amulet specifically has gone back that far, which means it must have some really, really strong cross-cultural meaning to have an yeah. eye amulet. First of all, I feel like the history and the length of time that
1: this has existed
2: mm-hmm.
1: either gives it a lot of, a lot of credibility and mm-hmm. being true. Or it at the very least gives it a lot of power for all those years of energy to be built up into the symbol.
0: I absolutely agree. I mean, it clearly holds meaning and has held meaning for thousands of years. So I think that's pretty powerful either way.
1: I wonder if it's like a it's become like a group think situation Mm -hmm. where like now we've almost made it actually powerful because we've spent literally thousands of years.
0: That's how we've been using it. Putting this energy into that. Right, right. We can also trace glass beads back to the Mediterranean around 1500 BC. Oof. So evil eye beads became popular with Phoenicians, Assyrians, Greeks, Romans, and Ottomans. Some historians say that because people had mostly dark eyes in the Mediterranean area during that time, blue-eyed folks were thought to be the ones who could use the evil eye best and mm. you know, were maybe the most dangerous with their evil eye abilities. Also, people with
1: blue eyes... Every human with blue eyes can be traced back to one ancestor. Oh, I guess we could all be traced back to one ancestor. (laughs) We're we're all God's children.
0: I'm sorry. Excuse me. I don't know what I was talking about. We're all made in God's image. Um, Okay. (laughs) And so the idea that blue eyed people were the ones who could use the evil eye best kind of led to the blue eyed amulets Mm -hmm. to reflect that back to protect against them. So blue eye versus blue eye. Makes sense. If you were unlucky enough to not have the amulet and got cursed, folklorist Alan Dundas says it's probably because you had either good fortune, good health, or good looks. Seems kind of (laughs) unfair, but um, okay. So, So you're
1: more likely to be attacked for one of those things. You better watch out, M. I was going to say, thank God I'm in LA five. Like, no <laughs> one is coming at me for this. And I've got my bad heart and I've got, you know. Yeah, you're. I'm in the clear. The health problems, the looks, we're probably pretty safe, I would say. Good to go, I think. I've
0: got my brown eyes. So, like, hey, like, I'm, you know, can't, can't see anything. Okay. He wrote that you could get symptoms that included, quote, loss of appetite, excessive yawning. Oh, wait, M. You may have been, Kurt, your excessive yawning. I'm
1: scared for the rest of. The... Certainly, I think we break even at the loss of appetite, though, because I
0: don't have that. So okay, actually, I so think far maybe we're even. You, the loss of appetite has maybe overridden the the excessive <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yawning. Yeah. So we got loss of appetite, excessive yawning, hiccups, vomiting, and fever. Uh, if the object attacked is a cow, its milk may dry up. If a plant mm. or fruit tree, it may suddenly wither and die. That's frightening. I wonder.
1: If there was a way to confirm that you were cursed or like like exhibit A, like what if I started yawning all the time and then I just went, oh, no, like this is the end. Or like maybe you were just sleepy. Like imagine the paranoia that would come in that time period if you just weren't hungry for the day and you were just like, oh, my God, this is it.
0: Well, especially if you were walking around that day and somebody did give you a look Mm. And then you went home and were suddenly not hungry. Like, you'd probably, yeah. my mind would go straight to that. I'd be like, uh-oh, I'm handsome and have the hiccups. We're in <laughs> trouble.
1: Also, like, I wonder, did you have to make direct eye contact with said evil oh, eye or with know. said amulet? Because you might not know. You might just be yawning. And then you're like, uh-oh. 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 I don't know. Well, hmm. I don't know. I feel like there there's got to be a better way to vet whether or not you were cursed or if you're just having an off day.
0: I would hope so. And actually, we do get to a point here where I'm going to mention like some ways that people have sensed whether or not
1: Mm,
0: a curse has occurred. So I know there are ways that certain different cultures have been known to kind of test with like household objects and stuff to see if uh, if a family member has been cursed. So objects and buildings, believe it or not, could also be cursed by the evil eye. Mm. The evil eye could make cars break down, could make a roof leak, or your house could get infested with bugs. And this is not looking good for you and your cockroach situation. You know what? I think the curse is
1: lifted, but it's I lifted. certainly was cursed by karma or the devil or something at some point. I don't know if it was the evil eye, but something had me uh, really struggling there with those cockroaches. Yeah,
0: you were in a in a, a tizzy there for in the thick of it a bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I guess that means you don't have to stare at back at something to be cursed Like a building can't look at
0: a building. Well, yeah, but I guess the person doing it maybe has to stare at you or maybe it's just symbolic like evil eye. They're just giving you a
1: glare. Or maybe it's actually cursing a person where that building was important to them.
0: Maybe, but it says objects could be cursed as well. So oh. I'm not sure.
1: I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to deep dive on that. I'm happy to know as little as possible, though, because I don't want to know why so many roaches were in my apartment.
0: Coming up, now that we have the basics, we'll talk about how the evil eye has gone global and why one author thinks if you're on the ugly side, you might be safe from its wrath. Oh, thank God. um,
1: I think you'll be okay. Loving the confirmation here. Phew. We're in the clear, folks. Hi, listeners, it's Vanessa from the Parcast series Mythology. Every Tuesday, join me on a wondrous journey back in time, exploring the most epic battles, sweeping love stories, and harrowing adventures ever told. Heroes, gods, monsters, mayhem, this podcast has it all, from the Knights of the Round Table and Hori the Hunter to Paradise Lost and the Lost City of Atlantis. Each episode of Mythology dramatizes history's greatest stories, bringing their origins to life and giving insight into how our ancestors saw the universe. Ancient myths, modern twists. Catch new episodes of Mythology every Tuesday and binge the classics anytime.
2: Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com.
0: So let's talk about the evil eye in different cultures. The concept and importance of the evil eye varies across different cultures, but there was a time folklorist John Roberts said over 40% of cultures believed in the evil eye. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, a big chunk. It's especially prominent in the Mediterranean, as I mentioned earlier, and in West Asia. Followers of Islam can find the evil eye referenced in the Quran. The Old Testament mentions the evil eye in Proverbs 23, 6, cautioning, eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither, now you listen up to this, neither desire thou his dainty meats. So (laughs) I finally found a phrase I can get behind in the Bible, and it's (laughs) dainty meats. (laughs) Not desire thou not his dainty meats. Which of his meats are we desiring or not desiring? The dainty ones. Oh, oh, right. right, right, right. OK,
1: <laughs> if he's talking about steak, dainty steaks, I will be desiring those and I'll just be a, a sinner once more. Oh, no!
0: once more, you'll just break another rule from the Bible. Wouldn't be the first. Wouldn't be the last. Won't be the last. Certainly. Celtic and Polish folklore also include the evil eye, including Lady Jane Francesca Wilde, who wrote about it in her 1887 book, ancient legends mystic charms and superstitions of Ireland quote there is nothing more dreaded by the people nor considered more deadly in its effects than the evil eye
1: Hmm. so
0: I'm just fascinated already that like in so many different walks of life parts of the world this is such a powerful symbol for people
1: yeah You know, you said and at one point almost around 40 percent of people believed in it, like the hold that it must have. But I also think that goes back to the fact that it's it's one of the beliefs that we can see going really far back and has still carried weight and power this whole time. Yeah. So maybe that's why so
0: many people were scared. They're like, this one goes way back and people are still afraid. Well, and it's interesting, I think the eye in general, like the human eye has such a. Powerful symbolism behind it in general, Mm, just like oh, eyes are the windows to the soul. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of eye symbolism that I could see why that symbol in and of itself could carry a lot of weight throughout different cultures. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So in some countries, it's believed that babies and children are said to be the easiest targets of the evil eye, which makes me sad. I mean, I get it that they're the most vulnerable, but I mean, geez, it feels unfair. Baby, like what? Feels unfair. What do they do to you? Countries including Greece, Romania, and India said publicly complimenting a child is thought to grab the attention of the evil eye. So mm. essentially you're complimenting a baby in public and this draws this negative attention. Because remember at the beginning of the show, folklorist Alan Dundas said it's probably because you had good fortune, good health, or good looks that you might be kind of compromised by those and be more likely to suffer this evil eye consequence. Yeah, I wonder if it's because
1: babies, for the most part, are often like, I mean, it's brand new health. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know, fortunately, not all babies are born 100% healthy, but most babies, I think, represent like a youth and a purity and a a newness to life. And Mm -hmm. also, most babies are very cute. So I feel like we've got like the good looks. So that's two out of three. Maybe good fortune. Like they often don't have to worry because their parents will handle it or. So I don't know. Maybe it's just like it's all the the innocence and the the
0: goodness. They're innocence. They're good. They're pure. And like that probably is prone to draw some negativity and yeah. Yeah. Jealousy. And we see that too, I think in other aspects of the paranormal where people talk about children or people who are more vulnerable who might be sick, which doesn't really go with the health thing here, but just people who are more vulnerable in general can be more strongly affected by negative mm-hmm. presences. So yeah, I yeah. wonder if that's related to. I'm not sure.
1: That actually is a, a great comparison. I feel like across a lot of spiritual beliefs, it's the younger and more new to this world you are, mm-hmm. the more open-minded you are, the more Receptive you are. Like the closer you are to that veil, so to speak. Other side. Yeah. Very close to the other side. I feel like things just kind of are able to leech on faster or easier. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you compliment the baby and the parent wants to ward off the evil eye, just buckle up. They would ask you to immediately spit in the child's face. So if you say...
1: Oh, your baby is cute. You're implying that the baby has good looks and that the evil eye might have overheard that with its evil ears <laughs> and then <laughs> and cursed the baby. So I like I first of all, thank you for explaining that part in my Big Fat Greek wedding, because I've always wondered why she spat on the children. But oh. when she goes, too, too, too. Yeah. And I've 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 seen in other cultures too that you like spit on
0: them for good luck or to keep evil away. And I never understood. Now I get it. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's especially in Greece, too. I I went to Greece once and I remember that evil eye symbolism was all over the place. So that doesn't make sense.
1: I guess the spitting is like a, a quick, portable way to like cleanse somebody instead of like a <laughs> way to
0: cleanse someone. <laughs> you know what I mean,
1: like if you don't have water to like cleanse them from evil, you just use your spit like spit shine. You're. You're super holy, cleansed spit. I thought I was not ever going to find out why some (laughs) cultures spit on their family to ward off evil. I guess that means your family thinks you're healthy and pretty. (gasps) Can you imagine if you were the only kid that didn't get spit on in your family? And now you have a complex. Because you're like, please spit on me. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So I guess what they're saying is, oh, if, if somebody says, oh, what a beautiful baby, then the family says, you, you got to spit on him now because you just opened him up to being cursed mm. so spit on him we'll fix this so every time
1: you get complimented you got to get spat on that really stinks that really stinks but i also now totally understand where that comes from i was always like what but you also the world? understand
0: now like why you're constantly getting spit on Um, it's because everybody's just so enamored with you you know
1: honestly it yeah it's almost like a, a compliment to Get spit on.
0: We thought you were getting spit on for negative reasons, but I guess it's all positive.
1: It's just because I'm too cool to handle. I'm too You're good too looking. Good what looking. did you say earlier good that I have so many suitors?
0: Health. Yeah. So many suitors. <laughs> just full so of them. Suitors who keep spitting on you. It's the weirdest thing. And now I'm okay with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Ethiopia also believes in spitting to deflect the evil eye. Okay. Uh, and Latin America calls the evil eye mal de ojo. In Cuba, some newborn babies are given a good luck charm to protect them. And in Mexico, the egg is a universal symbol of purity and birth. And people make the sign of the cross with a raw egg over the baby. Um, I have seen this symbolism a lot in a lot of Mexican TikTokers that I follow who talk about using the egg for symbolism, for kind of discovering if you have been cursed, that kind of thing. So here's an exact example. The egg is then broken into a bowl of water after it is, you know, made a sign of the cross over the baby. They mm-hmm. break it into a bowl of water. And if people see an oval or an eye shape, then the baby is protected from the evil eye.
1: <laughs> what a risky little game that is. I know. What <laughs> if the egg is not an oval or eye shape? What do you do? You, just think you that probably the kids have curse, to or? spit on them.
0: I don't know. I don't know either. I would imagine you have to do a cleansing because I have watched some TikTokers who've shown how they do it, where they take the egg. You kind of put it all over your body just to, like, I guess, get the energy. Then you crack it into a bowl of water and watch what comes up. And, you know, there's differences between, like, if the whites are separating from the yolk, if the yolk is, if everything's kind of contained and so it symbolizes different things. What if it's a rotten egg, but it's an oval or eye-shaped?
1: What does well, that mean?
0: <laughs> what if you get one of those eggs that you crack it and there's actually two in there? So that's a, that's a legitimate thing, Em. I got to know all the rules. That's part of it because somebody wrote in once to, uh, I forget which podcast, and they mentioned that they cracked an egg and there was like a fetus, like a baby <sighs> fetus of an of What does that mean? I know. Like, what does and that mean in, in this scope? Apparently, it, it meant nothing good. Oh, my God. It meant nothing good. So I'm sure there are practitioners who will be able to, you know, actually legitimately answer those questions. But those are this some of the stories I've heard from. Fascinating. Yeah, it is really fascinating. And I really like the symbolism of the egg to kind of as like a fresh like birth, you know, yeah. new life. And to to use that as like a pure way to test the energy. But in Brazil, they actually call the evil eye the fat eye instead of the evil eye. Oh. And instead of compliments, they believe that the fat eye goes after those who have been insulted. Okay. I
1: love that they just absolutely flipped the logic Flip on its head. the script. <laughs> they were like, no, <laughs> actually. But also, I like that because it encourages you to be nice to people to protect your community. I think that's very sweet.
0: And protect yourself. Because if you're complimenting people, you're probably going to get some of that back your way.
1: I wonder if you can compliment yourself and protect yourself. (laughs) I don't know if it works like that. Like daily affirmations in the mirror? Like, is that going to... I don't know. You know,
0: and the interesting thing is Brazilians have been called the most beautiful humans on the planet. So I feel like it was not in their best interest to propagate this myth that or this idea, this notion that being insulted is the safest way. <laughs> like well, also like I
1: love that they have now tricked the world and we like now all of us are globally saying they're the most beautiful people on earth. So now we're all protecting them from yeah, the fat wait eye. A second.
0: They're tricky, like, tricky, tricky. Bring it on. Tricky. So tricky. I, they kind of played that into their favor, which I love. So basically the idea is if you get a compliment, you're fine. Cool. As we're letting everybody know they're the most
1: beautiful people on earth. Yeah,
0: exactly. The entire people is uh currently saved. Exactly. Turkish people created a charm or amulet called the Turkish evil eye that is hung everywhere, including on pets and kids. Um, I have definitely seen these in Europe as the charm and or amulet starts to crack over time. That means it's doing its job, which is kind of cool. So Fun. basically the idea is like it's almost absorbing the energy for you to protect you. Ooh. I feel like we've heard about that with crystals, too. I feel like I've heard that if some
1: crystals like a crack, like if they're meant to like protect your stress or something, eventually they
0: crack and it's like it absorbed all the negative energy for you. It means they're like doing their job. They're like absorbing that energy instead of getting it sent your way. And so once the amulet breaks, it's time to get a new one to continue the protection, keep it going. Those living in the Indian subcontinent are known to wear red thread on their wrist or reflective mirror charms that are sewn into clothing, hair, and jewelry. And there are also some European countries who believe pointing your index and little fingers toward the other person casting the curse or receiving the curse. So I actually did this yesterday by mistake. I was pointing at some people in the room with me and I went like this.
1: Mm, double horns
0: with and and like if you go like this growing up my mom always said don't do that you're cursing someone that's the devil you're cursing someone and I was like what are you talking about so when I read this I was very interested I mean obviously she's European too so I I wonder if that is where that came from but oh I remember I did that and then I went I'm sorry I'm not cursing you guys and they were like what (laughs) I was like I just wanted everyone to know that was not my intent I love that we have enough accidental
1: power to curse somebody but like I just like it makes me feel so powerful of like, I don't even know what I'm capable of. Apparently, I'm just cursing people left and right with my reckless little fingers.
0: With my you know? little fingers. I hope it's one of those things where the intention behind it has to be in place because. Yeah. I did not intend to do that. So I hope it didn't actually curse anybody.
1: It reminds me also of um this. Actually, ha- it has nothing to do with anything, I guess. <laughs> I know in the if you work at Disney, you're not supposed to be able. You don't point with one finger. You point with two fingers. Why? Anytime someone... I don't know. I think it's because, oh. like, this is considered rude. It just made me think of, like, oh, you can't point at somebody with your fingers. But apparently at Disney, if if you ever talk to someone who's working there and you're like, oh, how do I get somewhere? They'll always point with two fingers because one finger is, like, wagging a finger at someone and being rude.
0: See the symbolism of all these fingers. Up next, here comes capitalism. We'll talk about celebs and fashion brands that have used the evil eye as their latest accessory. And if we think it's lost all meaning because of that.
1: Uh, So it is maybe a little I'm excited to find out that I was right all along. Maybe it's a little (laughs) appropriation. Good to know.
2: Yeah. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Oh, a Even the speakers big. are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. What you love about the NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.
0: Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Let's get into pop culture and how the evil eye has kind of made its way into pop culture. I don't think any of us are surprised this tends to happen with any sort of symbolism from other cultures that, you know, get kind of just snatched up and used for money making purposes, fashion accessories. We'll get into it, but... The first example I have here is that Meghan Markle has recently been known to wear an evil eye amulet and has been seen with both a pendant uh, with a blue topaz eye and a gold evil eye bracelet. I would argue that she has, if anyone's getting some evil eyes sent her way, Meghan Markle Mm -hmm. has received... Probably more than most people in her position. You know, I agree. I can understand why she might feel like legitimately that that was something symbolic that she she might have actually needed the amulet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For for more than just a fashion. I I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I wouldn't blame her if she was using that as like more more than just a fashion statement. But Uh real symbolism. In 2017, Gigi Hadid designed a line of shoes with evil eyes. Then in 2020, she was dating Zayn Malik, and they were both spotted wearing matching evil eye bracelets that year. Oh, So, of course, now we're getting into the bigger fashion designers and brands who obviously jumped right on this bandwagon. Chanel put an evil eye necklace on Willow Smith for their eyewear campaign. Oh, In 2017, Ellie Saab created eye embellished dresses for their spring couture collection. Um, Coach put an evil eye on sweaters. So now it's becoming kind of just like a fashion statement more than the real symbolism behind it, you know?
1: Yeah, I, f- I feel like somewhere in there, there would be a joke from the Wears Prada on like Cerulean, but like make it about the evil <laughs> eye. How like, <laughs> oh, you think it's this big thing, but really it was started from like an actual history.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nicole Miller put eyes on jackets, dresses and skirts for the fall 2019 show. ASOS launched a homework collection that included an eye-shaped mirror and the phrase, I can see you on cushion covers, bedspreads uh, and bath mats. Okay, I, whatever, keep going. (laughs) Whatever. The fashion industry's obsession with the eye symbol has had a big impact on social media. For example, the hashtag evil eye has been used on Instagram millions of times and evil eye jewelry sales have skyrocketed over the years. I personally, like I've always wondered about this because I growing up had an evil eye necklace from a Turkish friend of the family. Oh, cool! who gave it to me. And so it was always really, and my mom had one too, and it was always really special to me. And then when I went to Greece, uh, God, it must've been like 10 years ago now, I bought some really beautiful art and like uh, pendants and, you know, like the little tapestry with the with the evil eye. And I bought those as gifts for my family and one for myself. And a few years later, when I really started spending more time learning about cultural appropriation and that kind of thing, I started to feel like maybe I was perpetuating that by... And like you hadn't known before and all that? Yeah, like by purchasing those symbols and using them in my home. So I'm not really sure where I fall on that spectrum, but I just wanted to be like transparent that, you know, I've definitely had... I mean, you know, I wasn't putting it on my Chanel sweaters for fashion, (laughs) Uh, but I guess the symbolism behind it always really spoke to me. And I I've always really found it a powerful concept. It also does seem like
1: it has crossed several cultural lines. That's true, too. Yeah. It seems like there is a global understanding of the evil eye. And I think there's a there's different ways to appreciate it. I do think, yeah, maybe like capitalizing on it is probably not the best. But I do think like, I don't know. I also don't know if it's even my place to say, but I feel like. Buying something that's as well known mm-hmm. uh, as an evil eye, and well known for the same thing across all cultures, right? Right. I feel like it's it's probably a, a safe one. I think there's also like, as long as there's cultural appreciation or like or sure, historic yeah, or historic yeah, yeah. symbolic appreciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, if I ever get something and I'm unaware if it's something that I should be owning if I feel like it's on the fence, first of all, usually I won't get it, but if I already own something and then I find out later, I feel like once you just do your work and know the research and share the, share the history, I feel yeah. like you're doing your part.
0: Yeah. And I, I think part of it too is that it felt all the more, I don't know, special or powerful because I was buying these pieces made by artists. Like local spots. Areas, local artists who were hand-making these little designs and jewelry and so if it felt at least to me a little better than just you know buying chanel i'm like buying chanel as if i have ever (laughs) or ever will buy chanel but sorry (laughs) me and
1: all of my suitors and we just bump into you at chanel every now and then (laughs) no but i do definitely think like if you're if you are going to get something that has a history to it i'm definitely team getting it from that space from those people learning the history of it and you know if you find out that something if you shouldn't have something, then donate it kindly back to the community or.
0: Right, you know, right, right.
1: But yeah, I think there's always space to to learn and share the information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there just because, you know, I don't know if people have seen any of my. I don't have much around, but just if anybody sees it, I don't want them to think I'm totally unaware of, you know, they're giving you background, the, evil the history. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Well, they better not because I got one right above my door. <laughs> Um so yeah I think uh, it's a really cool really powerful symbol a really awesome story and I think it's fascinating the fact that it has been I guess so widespread throughout so many thousands of years the symbol Yeah yeah how do you feel about the evil eye in terms of like literally casting a curse or deflecting that curse or deflecting that look
1: I kind of mentioned it earlier but I I don't know if it's My thing, but it's also not really my thing because I'm not giving energy to it. I do think that there is something to be said for the fact that it has spread all over and it's known for the same thing. I Mm -hmm. think it's historical context is important. I think the fact that it has carried this much power and since like what 3300 BC. Right. I definitely think there's something to it, even if it's just enough people now have given it energy to make it so. So I, I don't know if I personally believe in it, but I know if someone else believes in it, it's probably working for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, I'm on the exact same page. Do you think people miss the history lesson behind the eye when it's opted by social media? Because I mean, personally, I don't see how you could really get the full history and meaning if you just see it on a runway.
1: Oh, 100%. If it's in a space without information, then it's, the information
0: isn't there. Yeah, you take it out of the cultural context and then what? I mean, then it's just a fashion statement.
1: If there was a way for like Chanel to like have (laughs) the evil eye on their sweater and then like, on the back have like some history sewn into their sweater or like 300
0: BC (laughs) Babylonian Empire in Mesopotamia
1: if there was a way to incorporate the history into it or to to educate someone as they're
0: buying your product I would respect it a lot more I have an excellent idea Chanel why don't you put a QR (laughs) Chanel are you listening Chanel ding ding it's us why don't you put a QR code on the back that'll just link directly (gasps) to this episode I love that. And then we can just wait. Oh, up. wait. Our episode. I thought you meant like at least like the Wikipedia page. No, like no, 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 <laughs> no. Stop it. Listen to my pitch. You put a QR code to our episode on anything with an evil eye. Just so oh. you know promo. Speaking of capitalism. We might as well feed completely into it. I might as well just jump in. I do
1: love the idea of there being apparel with QR codes that lead to history. I love that. That lead to my podcast. Oh, okay. Actually, only (laughs) to a picture of Christine. Just one Google image, her favorite one. Christine in a throne and I've been photoshopped out. Well, yeah, of course.
0: How much does superstition play into the story of the evil eye versus what people think is truly real? Do you feel like I, I know, I guess we sort of talked about this as far as the intention behind it being yeah. like what causes any sort of actual energy being shifted. But, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think because I'm not I'm a little stitious,
1: <laughs> I think because I'm not very superstitious about it, I'm not giving energy to it. So I feel like the the superstitious community, the spiritualist community, anyone who's more open to the concept of the evil eye is going to bring more energy to it so yeah and it,
0: it means something and it's real to certain people
1: yeah so i would say superstition has a huge role in it because if you believe in it and you're giving it energy then that's what makes it real right yeah yeah i think that makes sense yeah anyway this story or story this topic So good. I think this is my favorite episode of Rituals.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, I was just so excited to cover this because, like I said, I've always had kind of a, I don't know, just an emotional attachment or like a, it's had a space in my heart, the evil eye symbolism and my necklace that I got from a a family friend. So I was just excited to really get to the bottom of it and see, you know, whether I had crossed some lines or, you know, where I ended up in the equation. So I just I'm really happy to have gotten kind of a full, full picture here. Well, I'm glad you've gotten to the bottom of the case, Detective Schiefer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. you Nailed it. Thank you. I tried. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode.
1: Information on today's episode came from Town & Country, Live Science, The New York Times, Made in Turkey Tours, Kashgar, Elle, The Cut, Racked, Vogue, ASOS, and the
0: BBC. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify.
1: And if you like this show, follow at ParCast on Facebook and Instagram and at ParCast Network on Twitter. You can find me at BM Schultz. And you can find me at Xteen Schieffer. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week. Rituals is
0: executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from ParCast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Fact checking by Haley Milliken. Research by Chelsea Wood. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and
1: Jonathan Ratliff, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Christine Schieffer and M. Schultz.